Welcome to I Am Ethos, a podcast about self-discovery, inspiration, and uplifting real-life stories from extraordinary people. Each week, we deliver the best inspirational stories and tips on how you can live an extraordinary life. Now here's your host, Joe Willow-Rose. Sanat Kumara. My dear ones, perhaps if I tell you a little bit about myself, you will understand better the activity that, for your earth, I represent. I am one of the directing masters of the planet Venus, a part of that hierarchy, which is similar to your own hierarchy of ascended masters, the great white brotherhood, with which you are now learning to work and become part of, and which work and cooperation brings love to my heart. For if you knew how long I have waited for this day, you would think me a very patient soul indeed. And I am, for love is patient. So patient was I that from the time of the close of a former age in the earth's great evolution, when things became so dark, it was not thought that the race of man would long endure. And many who wished to go on with their own evolution thought it best to leave earth to its own self-created fate. I came forth and said, no, I think that the people of earth can be saved. I will go forth to that planet. And with all the love of the ones who volunteered and that I chose to come with me, I came to earth and here set up my home. And many millions of years did I patiently wait before I knew whether or not I would succeed. And now I know that I have. And I thank you. I thank you to all who are listening to this with all the great love of my heart. And from all those who came with me, I bring joy and blessings from the people of Venus. For as you may have known, the destinies of the earth and Venus are as closely interrelated as are the rose and the vine on which it grows. Venus is Earth's sister planet, a part of the great flame of which the Earth is composed, your twin ray. And many are the souls now on Earth that have had embodiments on our humble planet at one time or another, for all growth is an expanding, balancing process. And what attribute, what quality of light is lacking in one's own environment, he seeks elsewhere. A process which nothing can stop, least of all what certain unillumined ones call death. For all life seeks its eternal perfection. And this seeking of perfection is the motivating force behind all desire. When and only when that perfect balance has been attained is one capable of true love. True love is selfless. It not, wants nothing for itself. It is already full. And out of that fullness, out of its own joy and happiness, 
It wishes to share, to give itself, to expand and embrace all in the wonder of itself. This is the nature of God, to give love. It is only the human, the mind, that wants love, for it is material. But love is spiritual. The human is transitory. Love is eternal. The human is arrogant. Love is humble. And in always looking outside itself for that love, in its self, self-concern and pride, it misses that very love it so much wants. The love that is waiting so patiently, flickering ever so faintly within the heart of every individual. But, you may say, I have already looked there. Then, look again. And again. And again. Until you find it. And it is yours. For it is there and there alone. And it is for this that I came from Venus and have waited patiently so many millions of years Could you not try, dear ones, even for a moment, to find that which I have brought you? First, you must be still. Relax, as sincerely I enfold you in the same love that I plant within each human heart, a love which passes all human understanding. So do not try to understand, but feel. If you feel that love, Then you feel me, and you have taken the gift that I have brought to you into your heart. I am with you always, for I am that love, and that love is the center of all things. It is that love that holds the electron in its orbit around the atom. It is that love that holds the planets in their orbits about the sun. It is that love that should hold the mind of man to its own God flame, the great central sun within you. For even the atoms of the brain itself are obedient and responsive to that love. Though the consciousness of the individual man uses those atoms may wander, as in most it has, in another direction entirely, And therein has been man's dilemma. As an individual's mind begin to wander from its center to create patterns of its own, the very electrons that those new thought patterns impress begin to lose their centers. And first the etheric, then the denser strata of the individual's world and the world of those upon whom his attention rests begin to fall apart until finally the disharmony makes itself felt in the physical stratum as sickness, despair, and disorder of every imaginable kind. And when a whole group or society holds similar patterns of thought and feeling, 
the disharmonious energy generated thereby is very great indeed. Is it little wonder, then, that those societies find themselves involved in wars, depressions, turmoils, and experience of every conceivable lack, the origin of which they little understand? When these depressions get too great, the societies involved try to clear themselves of the pressure by having it out, which really means the collective energy of the mass of the electrons that man has affected reasserts its natural desire for perfect alignment, perfection. The electrons, through the consuming activity of the fire element, which dissolves and consumes that which man has created and impressed upon the mass of electrons, then return to its original orbits about their centers, having thrown off their human accumulation and expressed the purity and beauty of their original state, the full expression of the divine love of their being, the true, original, and final state of all God's creation everywhere. And whatever, whether through pride or ignorance, that does not come into full and perfect harmony with the divine love of its nature must eventually dissolve and pass out of existence. Love, the fire of creation, can also be the fire of destruction. When man does not create in harmony, when that fire is misused. That is what has happened to man in the past. Through misuse of the light, he has caused great destruction, which, as it always must, has returned upon the ones responsible and destroyed, not only to them, but their environments and the very continents, with their populations upon which man dwelt. And so you see how dangerous it is to play with these atoms. And I want you to say right now, man's attempt to exploit the power of the atom is now the greatest single threat to man's existence, being forced unknowingly upon the innocent peoples of the earth. This must stop. And we will see to it that it does stop. The alternative is too ghastly for the human mind to comprehend. It is the old story of the Pandora and the beautiful box. She thought that she had found something good. But when she discovered what it was that she had found, it was too late to stop. She had already unleashed great suffering on man. And she could not put back into the box what she had let escape. But do you know what the very last thing was that was left in the box? It was hope. All alone, hope was all that was left. And we have hope for mankind that he will learn from his past and profit by that because it's the wisdom which Pandora only achieved 
at so great a price indeed. Each of you bears a responsibility in that respect. Keep in mind that your every thought and feeling affects the atoms of your and your neighbor's world and that for the destiny of those atoms you bear the responsibility. For what the great directing intelligence of this solar system is to the planets of the system, your own individual God self is to your own body with all its constituent parts, which parts as a saying, as above, so below is true. Correspond to those planets. And so you see, in this way, you affect and are affected by all creation. You have free will and are a conscious creator at every moment of your existence. And you never cease to exist for life is eternal. Now do you begin to see your responsibility to your life that you cannot think, feel, act, or speak, and speaking is acting, without the consequences of your action returning to you. And return they do, amplified many times. For every wave of energy sent out is a living magnet, drawing like waves unto itself until moving in unison, they grow to tremendous peaks before falling again, back to their source. They travel in grooves, as it were, and when they reach their limit, they come back to the sender, and woe unto him who has sent forth anything less than love, less than charitable to his fellow man, that he would not want to experience. For it is the law of creation that what you have caused another to experience, you will at some time, some place, whether this lifetime or another, experience yourself. That, do you not see, is the only way it could be. How else would man learn responsibility? If you would view all your experience today as partially the effects of previous causes which you yourself have set into motion, coupled, of course, with the free will you have at every moment that enables you to choose to discriminate light from darkness, to seek forgiveness and rise above all effects, then you would have a clearer view of your existence. Everything that takes place on the earth in the material world first takes place in the realm of thought. Earth is the realm of effect. Cause and cause alone from the higher realm of thought is master of all that happens here. And only by mastering your thought can you ever ascend into the realm of light and become a being of cause alone. Remember, although all causes have their effects, and although you must experience the effects of all cause which you have set in motion, still, there is forgiveness. 
a law unto itself, which makes it possible for you to rise out of the world of what would be otherwise a limitless chain of cause and effect without respite. By the grace of God, man has created in God's image and likeness, and like the God that he is, man has the ability to forgive. And in that forgiveness, which is a great blazing flame that dissolves and consumes all discordantly qualified energy and binding limitation which the individual has found himself through many ages is that flame of divine love which dissolves and consumes all human creation and sets the individual fully pure and perfect before the doorway to his eternal freedom. Visualize the fire of forgiveness as a great violet fire blazing up through and around you and throughout your world, starting far down into the earth and leaping in great waves of light about you everywhere, soaring overhead. And if at the same time you will couple that visualization and qualification with the expression, I am, you will release the flame's full power. And so I say unto you, every morning and every night, you affirm, I am the violet consuming flame blazing up in, around, and through me and through my world. You will do yourself and your world or anyone or any condition in or upon which you feel called to act, no matter where on the earth that person or condition may be, inestimable good. Soon you will be using this flame daily in ways that you have never dreamed, and the results you will be obtaining are at the same time beyond your present power of comprehension. So great and wonderful is the effect of this mighty flame. And though the violet fire may be invincible to your outer sight until you have raised your sight sufficiently, which raising activity the violet fire performs, you are the fire's keeper. Yes, each of you is a keeper of the flame. But what good is that if you only keep it and do not use it. So use it, I beg you. Use the violet consuming flame and you will make not only me, but Saint Germain very happy. For Saint Germain is the Kohan of the violet ray, which is the seventh ray. And you have not guessed, he is here with me now. The violet-consuming flame is a special gift to mankind at this time, which has made possible man's so rapid clearing from certain conditions, so-called karmic accumulations, which had they been allowed to continue, 
would have prevented the great expansion of the light for the birth of the new age, which all, especially I, have so long awaited. If you wish to have greater understanding of this flame and its use and your own individual mission, its use in establishing and sustaining your own individual freedom, so that as a clear, free being, you may assist St. Germain in his blessed service in bringing in this new age, then speak to him. And I'm sure that he will only be too charmed to reply. He assures me now that this is so. I bid you adieu, but not goodbye. Bless you, and remember, I am love. I thank you. Be at peace and love. Thanks for joining us this week on I Am Ethos. Be sure to tune in next week for our next exciting episode.